Last year, Brick Moon compiled a series of stories whose central prompt was Toys of the Future, which we thought would be appropriate for the month of December. So, what you're about to hear is the first of four previously unpublished short stories. We hope you enjoy it. Brick Moon Fiction presents The Mushroom Mask by Stephanie Jessup Read by Nicholas Thurkettle Why can't you just shut up? Cassie called over her shoulder. She turned up the volume on alien mystery hunters and adjusted her feet on the coffee table. But Aunt Cassie, Opal whined, I'm bored. Welcome to planet Earth, Cassie sighed. Opal sat on the floor a few feet behind the couch, grumpily breaking crayons into pieces. When she ran out of pieces big enough to break, she looked up. Aunt Cassie, can I play with your tablet? So your grubby little fingers can microtransaction me into bankruptcy? Nope. Daddy lets me play with his tablet. Well, your daddy has a history of making poor choices, so that's not surprising. But I don't have anything to do, the girl pleaded. Why don't you go to sleep, Cassie suggested. A tiny fistful of crayon bits assailed the back of the couch. Cassie sat upright and twisted around to glare. What is your problem, you little... She stopped herself just in time and took a deep breath. Why did her in-laws have to have such an annoying little creature for a daughter? Cassie stood up. Okay, she said. I have an idea. How about I tell you a story? The little girl crossed her arms and shrugged, all the while glaring at the floor. Okay, story time then. She boosted herself onto the back of the couch and sat facing Opal. Once upon a time, she began. That's boring! Once upon a time, Cassie said louder, there was a little girl who lived in a wonderful place. Was she a princess? No, very few people are. She was an ordinary little girl, and she had lots of siblings, so she didn't get much attention. So sometimes she did things she wasn't supposed to. Now Opal was interested. What did she do? Well, see, in the world she lived in, they had lots of things you, um, we don't have in this world. Lots of fun technology and... Like what? I'm getting there. Stop interrupting. Cassie sighed heavily. Anyway, they had more advanced technology than we have here. Like tablets? No, tablets are stupid. They had good technology. Like what? Well, like jewelry you could wear that would keep you from getting old or getting sick, and pillows that interacted with your brain so that you could control your own dreams, and masks that you could wear that would transform you so you could travel through space and visit other worlds. No, they didn't. They did. The masks were the coolest of all, and one day the little girl stole one. Opal's tone became very serious and full of concern. Did she get in trouble? Not at first. See, when you put on one of the masks, it envelops your head and then transforms your body. It shrinks you and changes you and makes you tougher so you can survive in space. How does it do that? How do I know? How does a tablet work? Magic. Anyway, at first the little girl just used the mask she stole to explore the moons around her world. Then, after a while, she got bored because moons with no one living on them aren't very interesting. So one day, she decided to explore a place much further away. 
She traveled all the way out of her solar system and out further and further past lots of stars until she came all the way here to Earth. Then what happened? Will you stop interrupting? She landed in the parking lot of a high school, okay? But it was late at night and no one was around. Then something terrible happened. She took the mask off so she could explore as her real self and not a shrunk-down little space person. So she was walking around on this alien planet. You said it was Earth. It was an alien planet to her. And she was walking around with the mask tucked under her arm, and she met this guy, and he came up and said something that might have been, hello, only it was her first day on Earth, and she didn't speak any Earth languages, so she didn't understand what he said. And she was freaked out at meeting her first alien and just kind of panicked, and she hit him with the mask, as hard as she could. Did he die? No, Cassie said. He was okay. He just bled a little. But the bad part was that the mask broke. After that, it never worked the way it was supposed to anymore. It could still transform her into a creature that could survive space travel, but it couldn't actually do the space travel part. So the girl was stuck on Earth forever, and she was very sad. Then what happened? Did she get the mask fixed? No. No one on Earth would know how to fix it. That guy she hit with the mask? They got to know each other better, and she married him, and she lived adequately ever after. And then what? Cassie frowned. Then nothing. Ever after means that's the end. I'm still bored. Hmm. Well, would you like to see it? See what? The mask. Nuh-uh. You made it up. I'm not dumb. I didn't. It's real. I kept it in the upstairs closet. Come see. Cassie hopped down from the back of the couch and headed upstairs, purposefully not looking at Opal. She headed for the hall closet and stood beside it with her arms folded and waited. It was only a few seconds before she heard the thumps of little feet coming up the stairs. Aunt Cassie? So you do want to see? Opal appeared at the top of the stairs and shrugged. Okay, then. Cassie opened the closet and reached inside behind a stack of towels. She pulled out a white metallic helmet with a visor that covered the face. The back of it bulged out into a bulb shape. It looks like a mushroom, Opal said happily. You didn't think I really had anything, did you? Opal shrugged. Can I wear it? Oh, I don't know. I told you what it does. It changes you. But not forever, right? Just until you take it off again. Opal reached for the mask. Can I wear it? Please? It really will change you. I'm not kidding, Cassie warned. Does it hurt? Nope. Let me try it, please. Aunt Cassie, please. Cassie considered for a moment. You have to promise not to tell anyone. It occurred to her that no one would believe the girl anyway, even if she told them in detail. It would sound just like a child's pretend game. I won't. Okay, if you promise. I promise. You have to stay in the house while you're wearing it. Opal looked slightly unhappy. Okay, I will. Now can I wear it, please? Okay. Cassie handed the girl the mask and took a step back. Opal turned it over in her hands, examining it from every angle. How does it work? Cassie shrugged. You just put it on. 
Opal put it on. For a moment, nothing happened. Then metallic tendrils crept out from the edges of the mask and wrapped themselves around the girl's neck. She swayed in place for a moment and then she began to shrink. Her skin darkened and shriveled as her limbs contracted to about half their normal length and her torso compressed itself. Only her head and the mask remained the same size, making her look like a bobblehead toy. Cassie, who always had to fake being charmed by people's children because society demanded it, actually smiled watching Opal stumble. And when the girl tried to speak and her voice came out as a digitally altered garble, Cassie giggled. I can't understand you, she told Opal. Can you understand me? The bobblehead nodded. Opal tried to speak again and again. It was robotic gibberish. I think the voice module is broken, too. I can't understand you. Are you okay? With another rapid nod, Opal waved her contracted arms and waddled up and down the hall a couple of times. The waddling made Cassie giggle again. Then Opal waddled all the way to the top of the stairs and seemed to be considering descent. Her legs were currently shorter than the steps. If the mask were fully functional, it would protect its wearer from almost any fall or collision. But it wasn't fully functional, and Cassie wasn't sure which of its systems were malfunctioning and which were not. She jogged quickly over to Opal, snatching her up just as she swung one of her stumpy feet over the top step. I think that's probably enough. She set the tiny girl down and took the mask off of her head. Opal gasped as her skin quickly regained its normal color and her limbs stretched themselves back into their right shape and size. She looked up at Cassie and beamed. That was awesome! It really worked! Did you see me? I saw. You looked funny. Cassie took the mask from her. Your dad will be here soon to pick you up. Remember, don't tell him about this. I won't. He would probably be mad or something. It was so cool. It felt all tickly and I could see patterns floating around. Those would be to help you navigate, if it could still fly. She returned the mask to its place behind the towels in the closet and led Opal downstairs. It was so fun. It makes everything sound funny, too. And it made my stomach feel all jumpy, but it's better now. Aunt Cassie, can I come over and wear the mushroom mask again tomorrow after school? After that, Cassie became Opal's favorite babysitter. She even begged her parents to let her visit several times a week. When she did, she went straight for the upstairs closet and the mask. Cassie had imposed a downstairs and indoors only rule about the mask, which Opal didn't think was entirely fair. But she had too much fun wearing the mask to complain, at least not too much. For weeks, her favorite pastime was running around her aunt's house in monster form, as she called it, and playing games that mostly involved pretending to invade different parts of the house and shoot people with her ray gun, a small flashlight she had found in Cassie's end table. For her part, Cassie occasionally actually enjoyed watching Opal run around in the mask. The kid was almost cute sometimes. One Wednesday, Cassie was flopped on the couch, eating an apple and watching alien invasion preppers while Opal ran around the kitchen in the mushroom mask. When there was a knock at the door, she had every intention of pretending not to be home. It was what she usually did since the only people who normally came to the door were selling something. Except that normally salespeople went away after the first two knocks. Whoever was at the door now was more persistent. Cassie groaned and got up to answer it. Stay in the kitchen, she called over the shoulder on the way to the door. There were three men in black suits standing on her front porch. One was taller than the others, but apart from that, they looked weirdly similar. 
three white men in early middle age with broad, clean-shaven faces and identical Ivy League haircuts. Good afternoon, ma'am, one of the shorter ones said. Hello. Cassie had a sudden bad feeling about this. We've been monitoring some unusual activity in this area. What? Like terrorists? Not exactly, ma'am, although you're not far off. Are you aware of anyone in your household using any unfamiliar technology? Like what? We're not completely sure. It would probably be better if you told us first about any unusual technological activity you may have noticed. She became very aware of her heartbeat and of the fact that her hands were shaking. This was just like that show, Alien Conspiracy Agenda. She'd seen every episode. Men in black, aliens being dissected in secret bases in the desert. Fear started to take hold of her. I, uh, haven't seen anything. You seem a little nervous, ma'am. Are you sure there's nothing you want to tell us? Think, she told herself. Nothing happens to the people who have contact with the aliens, usually. The aliens might get studied in some desert bunker, but the witnesses just get told to shut up about it, right? And then Cassie had an awful idea. Everything is fine here, she said in a suddenly loud and exaggerated tone. She stepped back and gestured for the men to follow her inside. Everything is totally normal. The three men exchanged looks and nods before stepping inside. Everything is especially normal in the kitchen, she said. Come and see. She led them to the kitchen where Opal was waddling around the room in the mass clutching her small flashlight in her stubby fingers. When she saw Cassie come in, she pointed it at her like a weapon. Cassie hesitated for a moment and then rushed over to Opal, reached a finger up under the edge of the mask and felt for a switch, the one that locked the mask on so it couldn't be accidentally deactivated in deep space, not without the release code. When she felt the switch snap into place, she gave Opal a gentle shove forward toward the men as they stepped into the room. Careful, one of them said as Opal stumbled awkwardly toward them. She made digitized gurgling sounds that might have been alarm or simple confusion as the men positioned themselves in a strategic circle around her. Ma'am, the taller man said, what can you tell us about this? Cassie averted her eyes from the girl and shrugged at the men. I, I don't know. I didn't know what to do. It just, this creature has just been appearing in my house. I was too scared to tell anyone. Everyone will think I'm crazy. I think it wants to abduct me. She looked back and forth at their faces as she spoke, measuring their reactions. We understand, ma'am. One of the shorter men pulled a cell phone from his pocket and stepped out of the room as he made a call. I'm at the scene of a 372, he told someone on the other end. Subject does not appear hostile at this time, no. We will attempt to take it into custody. Cassie stepped back and gripped edge of the kitchen counter. All right, the taller man said. This will be just like Pflugerville. Ready? He and one of the shorter men grabbed Opal by the arms and led her out of the kitchen. They had to stoop over to do this, making their exit less than graceful. Opal made confused robot sounds. Cassie followed them. The third man was waiting at the front door. He slipped his cell phone into his pocket and spoke with Cassie while the other two led Opal through the living room toward the front door. We've got this under control, he told her. In the future, when you see anything unusual, it would be in your best interest to contact the authorities as soon as possible. Thank you, Cassie told them. They took Opal outside. Apparently, they weren't going to take Cassie. She leaned against the wall and sighed deeply. He mistook the cause of her obvious relief. Everything will be fine. 
You're in no danger. For your own sake, ma'am, it would be better if you never told anyone we were here. Behind him, the other two wrestled the struggling, shrunken opal into the back of their sedan. Don't worry, she told him. No one is going to find out about any of this from me. Cassie felt terrible as she watched them drive away, but really, what else could she have done? In a best-case scenario, they would figure out pretty soon that Opal wasn't really an alien and let her go. In the worst-case scenario, well, Opal would have an interesting time. She might even be the subject of an episode of Alien Mysteries Decoded someday. That was The Mushroom Mask, written by Stephanie Jessup. Stephanie Jessup won Best Original Horror Screenplay at the 2013 Shriekfest Horror Film Festival Screenplay Competition. She has also been a finalist in several other screenplay competitions across the country. She has published stories in various horror anthologies, including A Chimerical World, Tales of the Unseely Court, and Ugly Babies Volume 2. She grew up in the sticky, swampy parts of Texas, but can also be found online at stephaniejessup.com. If you enjoy what you've been hearing from the Brick Moon Fiction Podcast, please head over to iTunes and write us a review.